1: The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090. Mariska's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com. Let's drop the puck.
0: Welcome to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast with NBCChicago.com's James Naveau and 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Here right, is Chicago! Woo! Welcome into a long overdue edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago. And with me... Via Electronics, but unfortunately, not face to face, is the one, the only uber talented and uber awesome Jay Zawoski of Six Seventy that score. Jay, it's already been over a month without Blackhawks hockey. Have you started missing it yet? Um,
1: yeah, I have missed it a little bit. When I see, it's fun. It's it's weird to watch the uh, playoffs without wanting to throw up. Um, I don't miss that <laughs> because that's uh, that's the experience of hockey fans as their teams in the playoffs, just constant stress, constant wanting to puke. Uh, I don't miss that, but I do miss the excitement. And especially like for me, working postgame shows like super late nights, just running myself into the ground during the spring and early summer As crazy as it can be. It's really fun and it's really exhilarating. And I do miss that a lot. Um, but, yeah, this is uh, the Hawks are golfing. Marion Hose is selling his house. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just it's just not the same. The spring is very, very different.
0: It means Marion Hose is getting traded, my friend, and he will suit up for another team next season. To do what? <laughs> um, oh, 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 yeah, the allergy thing. <laughs> i forgot well people uh, are like does this
1: mean he's not playing anymore like we covered that did not we like no he's not playing <laughs> I feel anymore like we
0: went over this last summer
1: <laughs> Like, well why doesn't he say he's not playing anymore salary cap salary yeah. cap that's the reason and i think we need a refresher on a couple things here and i'm sure we'll get into this as we go on but i'm getting a lot of texts like or tweets like wouldn't it be nice if the hawks still had dustin bufflin yes of course it was but You know, one guy said the Hawks have really been cursed since making that trade. Actually, no, they've won two Stanley Cups. Uh, (laughs) You know, people have really short memories, and I don't know if that's a Blackhawks thing or a sports fan thing in general, but it's like, have you guys forgotten that the Hawks have been pretty good without Dustin Bufflin? Look, I love Dustin Bufflin. I wish he was still a Blackhawk for sure. But to say, like, they haven't been the same since then is totally untrue. They had a historic season in 2013 that would look better in the record books if not for the shortened season, they were Mm -hmm. rampaging teams that year. That was the best Hawks team there was. 2015 was pretty good, too. They've been fine without Dustin Bufflin. Would they be better with him? Of course, but let's not pretend like that was the reason things fell apart this year. That's certainly not.
0: Sure. And that's, I mean, it's only been, you know what, like eight years since they made that trade. Do you really think that, like... In an eight-year span, they won two more Stanley Cups. Like, I don't think that Dustin Bufflin would have made the difference between them being a cup contender now or a, like, obviously they'd probably be just a little bit better because obviously Bufflin is better than Seabrook. But that's not like one guy is going to be enough to kind of turn this all around. It's not like Dustin Bufflin is, do you consider him a top-pairing defenseman?
1: On the Blackhawks, he would be right now but it doesn't yeah, mean it's that
0: fair. that's fair
1: i i just but you can't play that game because if dustin bufflin was still a hawk that means that Brent seabrook or patrick sharp would never have been here there's a lot of other factors that it's not just that simple you know so it would be a, a very or different would they term.
0: have left him at forward
1: nah i don't think so
0: i i think long term you have to have him at defense but They did have him play forward during that cup run. Don't forget. They did. He parked his – everyone says
1: he parks his big butt in front of the net and scores those greasy goals. I don't like the fat shaming of Dustin Bufflin that happened during those playoffs and every playoff since. You don't have to mention how big his butt is. He knows. He's aware of it. You don't need to shame the guy about (laughs) it. It's ridiculous.
0: I mean, uh, and he he did use it to full advantage. It's not like, you know, (laughs) it was something that kind of went unnoticed like – He's a big physical guy. Like, there's nothing wrong with that, but lay off the fat jokes. Come on,
1: people. Yeah, no, I truly don't care. I'm just, you know, I'm just having some fun. Anyway, so we do have a little bit of Blackhawks, uh, not so much team news, but in the news. I mentioned Marion Hossa selling his uh, condo, $4.5 million. If you got that laying around, feel free to make a bid on Marion Hossa's place. Um, I don't think anything that means anything as far as him being traded or him uh i don't know I, I i don't i don't read too much into it maybe he's gonna go back to slovakia uh which is probably where he should be considering he's probably never gonna play again he's definitely not gonna play ever again um and then daniel carcillo was uh has been very vocal on twitter about the uh nhl's lack of concussion care concussion protocol uh and today was very strong on with danny parkins on 670 the score sort of stating his case very eloquently uh, said bottom line i'm not asking for money i don't want donations that's not what i'm looking for what i want is and he said i'll go away if the nh if every nhl team employs a neurologist to be on the bench during every game and yeah that's not super cost effective and i can understand why uh not teams like the blackhawks the blackhawks could certainly afford to do that but other teams would sort of balk at that but when you look at the long-term health of your players in your league uh, to have someone there that can really analyze those things and keep those players safe um, that would be the best thing because Carcillo said he said that he thinks 98 percent and of course you know a guy like Carcillo is not trained in media so he speaks in hyperbole but he thinks the vast majority of NHL players tank those baseline tests so if they do get concussed they can get back on the ice and play because, oh, they met the level of their baseline test. But if guys know, like, okay, if I play dumb here or whatever, uh, I can get back on the ice if this ever does happen. That's the sort of thing that needs to be prevented. These guys need to be more educated on everything. He mentioned there's a video that they show every year about the dangers of cocaine, but they don't mention anything about concussions. There's a lot more things the NHL can do. That's what Daniel Carcillo is asking for, And and it's pretty simple, and it should be. You would think... Uh, pretty uh, doable uh, in terms of NHL teams employing those people and those strategies.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that the larger point that Daniel makes with wanting the neurologists and more emphasis on, you know, the care of the brain and potentially like changing some things about the way the NHL handles head injuries. I think that's all just fine. I think that that's obviously a very admirable thing. I have no idea why he's encountering, such stiff resistance, honestly, from some in the media, I would obviously completely understand why the NHL wouldn't want to kind of acknowledge what he's doing or to kind of, you know, engage him on that battlefield. Like I, I get why they don't want to do it. It's a risk to the, you know, killing the golden goose, so to speak. If you start acknowledging the head injury thing and you've got the lawsuits that have been going on. And the reality is that hockey is just a very, it's an inherently unsafe game when it comes to head injuries like i get that you know there's oh these helmets that can be made or oh these rule change the fact of the matter is helmets not going to do jack squats to prevent a concussion i think the nfl has learned that and they keep trying to pass off this narrative that they're trying to develop a safer helmet or safer tackling or whatever they want to do none of that is going to change the fact that football is an inherently dangerous game when it comes to head injuries and i think that Hockey is much the same way. There are ways to kind of curb it. There's ways to take it more seriously, like Daniel Carcillo was advocating for. But I, I get why the NHL doesn't want to engage, because it's something that they're obviously not going to win since hockey is an inherently unsafe game. But I also think that they could very easily say, hey, we can do this neurologist thing without potentially opening up that other can of worms, which is, is hockey a game you can actually make safer.
1: Well, from what Carcillo was saying today on the score, um, he kept using the term "league of denial," and I've seen him use that on Twitter a lot. The NA- the NFL has acknowledged that uh, concussions cause CTE. Major League Baseball has done so. Major League Soccer has done so. The NHL is the one sport that's really dealing with this problem that is flat out not just not acknowledged but denied the fact. That concussions cause CTE, and that's another hangup of his. Is look, like of course they're litigating lawsuits, and I need to watch what they say, like every league. But if the NFL can say it, and Major League Baseball can say it, I don't know why. Well, I do know why, but I don't think the league should be uh, the way they are. I think if you truly have the best interests of your players and in, in your heart or in your head or whatever, uh, you need to acknowledge that yes, this is scientifically proven to cause these issues. It's been shown again and again, uh, and just to acknowledge it and, and take just a small gesture, even if it's unreasonable to right away employ you know, 30-plus uh, neurologists on every NHL team, I get that, but there's got to be things done. There's got to be at least an acknowledgement of, yes, this is dangerous, the game is dangerous, and educating the players on, look, before you go to level that player or stick that elbow out, you need to think about what you could be doing to that player And if you were in those shoes and Carcillo referenced and I I wish I had written this down and I didn't. And I'm sorry, but he'd referenced someone had an opportunity to take a shot at David Backus, like what could have been a dirty hit. And he pulled up and said, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to put this guy's life and career in danger for one hit. Um, So it's getting through to some guys. Some guys are starting to realize it. And it's really hard to quantify. Right. Even in the NFL, who knows how many guys avoid a head hit? You don't know it until you see it actually happen, right? Well, that could have been avoided. But who knows how many guys are pulling up or not tackling as hard, whatever. Uh, any small step would be good. And the first step for the NHL is the actual acknowledgement that, this, that these head, repeated head traumas cause CTE. That's, that's the first thing they need to do. It's the first step they need to take.
0: Yeah, and even if that comes with, you know, admitting that, then you're probably going to end up admitting some degree of liability, obviously. It's definitely something that the NHL kind of has to grapple with, just like the NFL does. And I do applaud Carcillo, even in the face of all of the kind of backlash he's been getting, including from guys on the NHL on NBC telecast. He called out specifically the way Jeremy Roenick and some of those guys treated what he was trying to do, they were kind of like mocking him and almost like calling him like a drunken idiot. It's like, really like that's your reaction. Like that's guys who aren't willing to face the reality of the situation, which is that the NHL has a very serious problem on its hands in terms of it's kind of unwillingness to really tackle the, <laughs> sorry for that very bad, uh, you know, <laughs> choice of words of metaphor, but it's true. They are showing a complete, They're pulling up. They're not wanting to really address the big issue here, the elephant in the room. And it may help in the short term to kind of like try to put that under the rug a little bit and to just not talk about it. Like it helps, sure, about your public image. But I think your public image would look a hell of a lot better if you took – real concrete steps to address the issue instead of kind of half-assing it which it seems like most professional sports leagues seem like they're willing to do
1: yeah the thing i want to go back to you started mentioning uh how the nbc broadcast sort of mocked carcillo and look i understand that they work for the league these guys are the paid faces of the nhl and they're not going to be like carcillo's right something needs to be done blah 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 of course not. And I don't think it, it's fair to expect that. In an ideal world, someone would be that rebel, you know, and they would take the stand and they'd be the hero and all those things. But that's not realistic. These guys have jobs to keep. They have families to feed, all those things. But to mock him and to make fun of him, that's a different thing. And that's a different sort of level. And that's, you know, we can go on and on about that broadcast team of uh, Milbury, Jones, and Ronick. Uh, I'm just happy to see Patrick Sharp get some time on the air. I think Jeremy Roenick needs to be looking over his shoulder because his replacement's right behind him. I like what I've seen from Sharp. Uh, I think the analysis has been spot on so far. It's been limited, of course, but it's been spot on so far. Um, I just I just hope for more from the league. But we've talked about this before, and listen, I know no one wants to talk about the concussion thing. It's kind of a bummer. It's kind of a, you know, it's a sucky story, but Daniel Carcillo is a guy that I think uh, Hawks fans should be proud of. I mean, it's a guy who, when he was here, uh, drew a lot of criticism for the way he played. And I think now, as we're hearing his story, that death of Steve Monidor really affected him. That's what has sort of spurned all this stuff from him. And I'm trying to think, like, timeline wise, that death sort of correlates with Carcillo's uh, decline in, in the way he played, right? He was not ever the same guy after that. And understandably, I mean, you see this guy, you call it one of your close friends. Go through what he went through, eventually ending it all uh, because of the suffering that he was going through. Uh, that's that will change your life, and it certainly did. And I'm glad Carcillo is using that life change uh, for positive. Now, while we're on a uh, bit of a bummer topic, um, uh. I, I wanted to bring this up. I mentioned it to James before the show. Um, long-time score listeners will know the name Andy Garcia. Andy Garcia was the sports director before Brendan McCaffrey. One of the nicest guys I know, uh, one of the most genuine, sweethearted people uh, you can ever encounter. Uh, Andy is a friend. He has been for a long time. Um, a couple weeks ago, Andy lost his wife to cancer. Um, she was diagnosed, I think, probably, what, nine or ten months ago, uh, a few weeks after giving birth to twins. Um, she went very quickly. It was very advanced. Uh, it's just the saddest thing in the world. Uh, Andy is a great guy now left with uh, three children to care for on his own. Of course, they have, uh, you know, friends and family that will assist, but it's never quite the same. So um, with that in mind, I wanted to appeal our listeners um, uh, just for a second. I I don't you know, I I hate asking for donations. I hate asking, you know, maybe once every three podcasts, I'll even mention our Patreon or our GoFundMe. Um, But we're going to have an event uh, before the season begins. Uh, in the late summer early fall Uh, and we're going to have a fundraiser for Andy and his family where you'll be able to win tickets be able to win jerseys all the sort of things we always do with these events with all the proceeds going to Andy Garcia now I know that a lot of people can't get out to these events and uh, you don't live close to Burbank or you don't live close to Crest Hill or wherever we're going to be so it's difficult so what we're going to ask is for uh, you know from today until that event at the beginning of the season so sometime in september or october all the money we raise on our gofundme page that's gofundme.com slash will go to support uh, andy garcia and his family through this tough time uh, and everyone that makes a pledge of five dollars or more between now and then will be entered uh in a raffle to win a really good prize um i'm not sure what the prize is yet i'm working on securing that but i promise you it'll be worth way more than $5. Uh, so if you pledge more than five, you get a ticket, you get 10, you get two tickets, et cetera, et cetera. So for every $5 you pledge, you get it entered into this raffle for a chance to win a great prize. And then there will be separate raffle items available at the event if you can make it there as well. So visit GoFundMe.com slash MadHousePod. Um, this is a cause very near and dear to my heart. Andy is a great friend and is a father and is a husband. James, obviously a husband as well, to think about um, what he's left with uh, not just dealing with the memory of losing his wife, but now being faced with uh, raising three children on his own and working full time and all the challenges that go along with losing a a spouse, especially with children. I think all of them are under five years old, so it's a really hard time for Andy. So I'm going to ask our Madhouse podcast listeners to please uh whatever they can give. If it's five bucks, ten bucks, whatever, a dollar, fifty cents, anything, uh go to Madhouse, uh, I'm sorry, GoFundMe.com slash Madhouse Pod. And again, every five dollars you donate gets you entered into that raffle for a spectacular Hawks prize that at worst will be Hawks jersey or Hawks tickets. That will be the worst prize we'll give out for that donation. So all right, now that I've given you that, I'm gonna tell you about our friends at Triple Threat Sports. Chris Hubble does a great job. You have uniforms. It's softball season. It's baseball season. Head out to Triple Threat Sports and get your jerseys made for your team. They will do a great job, not just with the uh, creation of the jersey itself, but they can help you design the logo, the colors, the cut, the design, literally everything that goes into making a uniform. Chris Hubble at Triple Threat Sports can help you out. So give him a call, 708 478 6090, or send him an email. Uh, Chris at triple com. That's Chris at triple Triple threat sports, if you can wear it, they can make it. We'll be right back with more on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast.
0: Welcome back into the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We've been talking a lot about kind of big picture stuff with the NHL, with the way they treat head injuries and hits to the head and you know, the future of the league, really. And we wanted to bring it back to a little bit more of a localized angle, more of a hockey specific angle on the ice, because Jay, did you know Patrick Kane set a record today? I did know that. Yes. Patrick Kane set a record for most points and most assists in a single men's world championship by an American born player. He now has 11 assists and 6 goals so far for Team USA in that tournament. Unfortunately, the record was set in a loss, but they are moving on to the quarterfinal against, I believe it's the Czech Republic or Czechia, depending on whether or not you want to use the official name or not. (laughs) And they are trying to win their first ever world championships. They've never won this tournament, and they are trying to go for it this year
1: that's pretty crazy that that's never happened before because for so long it was pretty much you know four or five nations of great hockey Canada USA Russia Finland and Sweden Uh, and you think that at some point they would have gotten one but no they have not and uh, Patrick Kane is playing like Patrick Kane I don't know you know uh, he's an elite player in his prime Uh, a bit of a down year for him this year points wise but that was everybody everybody was down this year so it's good to see him playing uh, energized, playing at a high level like we all know he can play at, and uh, hopefully USA captures a gold. I know he spent some time on a line with Alex DeBrincat, and they've had some nice chemistry together. So that's something to look at uh, headed into next season as well. But yeah, the World Championships are cool. I don't know, I don't know what it would take for people to really get on board with that, um, as far as making it appointment television in summer. I guess being up against the Stanley Cup playoffs is not a great matchup. <laughs> for the world championships right but i find it cool i like to watch it uh when it's on and uh, you know i don't obsess about it and watch every second of it but when it's on i definitely do my best to catch it and uh hey it's some good hockey with some high-end players uh philip forsberg back with sweden today after getting eliminated what uh, this weekend so yeah um yeah it's uh it's a cool tournament i i hope uh you know in the coming years people pick up on it and start watching it a little bit
0: yeah i've always found it interesting when guys get through they lose in the second round of the playoffs and then they come back over and they play your Philip Forsberg's, your Charlie McAvoy's. It's really interesting to me. You would think that they've played enough hockey in a year and it's like, okay, we're, we're done. Like we want to go home and rest and no, these guys go over and they play in this tournament and it's obviously pretty stat competition with the U S having never won it. And it's been pretty entertaining when I've, Tuned in to watch it. I was unable to watch the loss to Finland today, but I'll definitely be checking out the game against the Czech Republic on Thursday, checking out what Debrinkit can do and Connor Murphy and Jordan Osterley, all of whom don in the red, white, and blue in this tournament. So it's been good times. If you want to see some of your Blackhawks in action? Definitely tune into that.
1: You know what the best part about teams getting eliminated is? The uh, injury report the next day. Like, Joe Thornton played with four torn ACLs, seven broken legs, 300 torn Achilles, yeah. uh, and he had uh, an, a rash and severe hemorrhoids during the entire playoffs. And it just goes on yeah. and on. Like, all these players, as they're eliminated, like, he's got a broken neck. This guy was actually dead, and they had him reanimated for games. Like, it's just it's crazy to hear these injuries, and they always, they always get revealed as soon as a team's eliminated. It's kind of like, well, we would have won the cup if our three best players didn't have broken limbs.
0: And sometimes I do have to question whether or not a (laughs) player would have been better off not playing or if him playing with all of the injuries that he had potentially hurt his team, you know, like back in 2013, I think it was that Patrice Bergeron had, what was it? A punctured lung in the Stanley Cup final, like that could not have been something that, oh, you just kind of brush that off. It's like, really? How the hell do you play at even like a remotely good level with that? I almost feel like you'd be better off just saying, you know what? I'm done. Like that, (laughs) that to me has been interesting. And another interesting thing has been Nick Backstrom has not played in this series yet for the Washington Capitals against the Tampa Bay lightning. Like is his arm falling off? Like what, What could possibly be keeping him off the ice that's that bad that you can't even wait until the end of the season to reveal what it is? Like, to me, missing that many games in a row, it's something pretty dang bad.
1: Well, it has to be. You got guys playing with, uh, you know, uh, severed legs and uh, dislocated spleens and all those things, Uh, you know. But, see, that's the culture. And that sort of goes back to the Carcillo thing is, like, if you're alive and you can skate, then you're playing. And that's... That's something that hockey is, you know, hockey meatballs pride themselves on. Man, LeBron, he's got a sprained hammy and he's missing a game. This guy played with a broken leg. That's all fine and good. Uh, But guess what? Like you said, they're probably a detriment to the team at some point. And uh, I think there's not a lot of pride in playing with. Being definitely gravely ill i don't think that's a good thing where if like you get checked wrong you could die and that they were sort of implying that with patrice bergeron like if he gets hit the wrong way it could be really bad like just it's a game it's okay you know you've already got one you can just kind of skate away and just not die that's <laughs> like, they're, like ah, he's dead but his name's on a cup okay great that was totally worth it right like I don't know it's in, just a...
0: in memoriam of guy who died because he got hit into the boards wrong
1: yeah exactly exactly uh you know one thing I want to get you to well it's before that, but do we do that let's tell people about our friends at Marishka's, 604 Theodore Street in Crest Hill uh I was talking to Joe Zadrolovich yesterday he texted me a question about the movie Rookie of the Year like how come they didn't just bring in a reliever when uh, Henry Rowan Gardner's arm got tired and I had to reveal to him that I'd never seen the movie um so i think he may be out as a sponsor um but we're gonna read it anyway well, I'm out as a
0: co-host so that doesn't shock me <laughs> i know well
1: listen i was it was 1993 i was a sophomore in high school i had other things happening um basically meaning i had to go find privacy for myself like 15 times a day anyway i didn't have time to watch rookie of the year um but if wow you know...
0: <laughs> this took a turn man <laughs> what did, are you it? telling us about again
1: you know exactly what i'm talking about you know what else i'm talking about Poor boy sandwiches, and if Joe was not is out before you, this, never mind. He's definitely out now. But mariska's like I said, 604 <laughs> Theodore Street in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933 by Joe and his Zdravljivich family. Uh, go there for the world-famous poor boy, then go again, have that again, rinse, repeat, like three or four times. Then maybe try something else on the menu. Whatever it is you try there, you're going to love it. They've got seafood, they've got steak they got chops, they got burgers a great craft beer menu they got banquet facilities for up to 110 people so visit marishkas.com or check them out on facebook at facebook.com slash marishkas m-e-r-i-c-h-k-a-s they're closed only on christmas easter the fourth of july and thanksgiving so we thank marishkas for their hopefully continued support okay now uh something that really uh in my saddle today um i'm getting a lot of tweets from people i don't know if you're getting the same thing um hey what are you hearing about Jonathan Taves to Montreal and of course I'm not hearing anything about that because I don't read hockey buzz but as I got a couple of these I'm like what are these people talking about so I I uh go I type into the Twitter search bar there Taves Canadians right and there it is Eklund the guy who's been throwing crap at a wall for close to 20 years now this is all I'm gonna say know that that site though they claim to be nhl insiders and i'm only going to speak for eklund because i know he employs a lot of people there and i don't know every one of them i don't know the legitimacy of every person that is employed by hockey buzz so i'm going to stick to just eklund the owner of the site that guy has been wrong for two decades and because people love trade rumors and they love to see their team like ooh, that's exciting maybe he's going to get traded think of that site as for entertainment purposes only especially when it comes from Eklund because the stuff I see from him is absurd there is no basis of truth in it at best he's taking dots and connecting them hoping that some ta- that someday they'll come true when he does get a rumor right it's typically the work of someone with legit sources who has published it or alluded to it on tv or something And he's connecting that dot, hoping to be right. I will tell you, Eklund is 100% full of crap. NHL insiders I know have either never heard of him or referred to him as the National Enquirer of Hockey. Do not trust what you read from Eklund on Hockey Buzz. It is 100% BS. Again, if there are times he's right, it's those rumors that everyone already knows about. Uh, It's those ones that we predict so well all the time. Uh, So just know that. Just know when you see a rumor, that doesn't make a lot of sense or it seems too good or too bad to be true uh vet your source know where it's coming from and just just sort of read carefully and know what you're looking at before you uh i'm gonna say i hate to say it i hate using this term but look out for fake news that's that's pretty much what Uh, i'm saying
0: i mean a you get what you pay for when it comes to that kind of stuff like obviously places like tsn and Sportsnet and yes even 670 the score there is a reason that they're widely respected in the business when it comes to reporting on news and analyzing content and that kind of stuff and even on occasion like breaking trade news there is a reason that those sites exist and are so highly thought of and there's also a reason why hockey Buzz's reputation in hockey circles is frankly not great it's because, like you said, it seems like they just absolutely throw stuff at the wall and they see what sticks, connect dots that are not even there. And the second thing that I would have to say, besides that, like obviously thinking about what the source is, what would be the reason for the Canadians to trade for Jonathan Taves? Like, honestly, are they Jonathan Taves away from competing, from getting back into the postseason? Are they? I don't think they are. And conversely, why
1: would the Hawks trade him at his lowest possible value? Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's like trading Brandon Sod at this point. It's like you basically cannot get a worse return than you could right now if you traded Jonathan Taves. There is zero question to me that this is, like, probably the worst time to trade him. And it just it honestly makes no sense. Like, I do not get at all the reasoning behind trading him and I also don't get the reason why Montreal would want him at this point
1: well it's moot it doesn't even matter and think of it this way if this guy Eklund has had NHL sources with every team for 20 years why is he still writing a hockey a hockey blog site that has not jumped up in uh, visibility or web hits or advertisements since it's because it's fake it's not real. I, I And I know most of our listeners know that. And I, I'm not, I don't want to, I'm not mocking the people that go there. Like, look, when I was, before I was in media, I was all over those sites. I could, I remember there was a daily, like text only uh, website called Specter's Trade Rumors. I ate that crap up. But what Specter did is he would go through all the newspapers throughout the country and report trade rumors from beat reporters so that was even different then that was a guy looking for other people's work legitimate sources and reporting it and now look James you mentioned that like I have broken some trades in the past and that's true if I wanted to I could start a website of hockey rumors and make crap up and hit on one of 10 of them maybe one of 20 one of 30 like Eklund does but I don't do that I don't I don't report things I don't know. I don't make up trade rumors to generate uh, you know, clicks or listens or anything like that. If I know something, I tell you. I stand by every story I've ever reported. Even if the trade has not gone through, there has been 100% legitimacy to those rumors at that time. And I think my track record speaks for itself. Again, I'm not going to feed you guys, and James is not going to feed you guys, information just for the sake of conversation. Okay. If we want to talk about the Hawks' power play, penalty kill, possible lines, that's one thing, but to allude to trade rumors and trade whispers that aren't real, we're not going to do that in this podcast, and even and I think it's fair to say that if we did, we'd probably get a little more traffic, but I think we're more concerned, I'll, I'll speak for myself, and the reason I do this podcast with James is because I know he thinks like-mindedly, we're not going to corrupt the credibility of the show to get you know, a couple hundred, a couple thousand more listeners a month. To me, that's not worth it. And to me, that's a disservice to you, our listener and our subscriber and our patrons and our GoFundMe donors and all those things. So just know that if you're hearing it on this show, uh, it's coming from a place of truth. We would never mislead you uh, on anything like that.
0: For sure. And we definitely have engaged in our own, like we have opinions on trades the Blackhawks could potentially have. Or we have a source that tells us that this is something that's possible. We absolutely would never just straight up say something like, Corey Crawford is gonna get traded to the Winnipeg Jets. Like, we're not just gonna like start throwing stuff against the wall just for the sake of, you know, bunsies. We're always gonna tell you when something (laughs) is just our opinion. It's something that we've thought about the Blackhawks potentially doing or if it's something that a source has actually told us. We're not just going to be – we're not a rumor monger podcast. That's absolutely not what we are. And, yeah, it's just another great example of needing to thoroughly vet the things that you read and to use – Honestly, critical thinking about the information that you consume and really strongly considering what the source of that information is.
1: Speaking of sources, I do have a little bit of new stuff from today. Nothing earth shattering, uh, but speaking to my top Hawks source, um, asking sort of about the draft approach, um, they're thinking best player. Um, They're not going to. We talked last podcast about potentially aiming for a defenseman. They're going to take the best player they feel is available They do feel that at eight, it will be a defenseman just based on their projections of the draft. But they are committed to taking the best player. And there is some thought that uh, Kachuk could slide down to eight. Some people in the scouting circles think he might slip a little bit in the draft. If Kachuk is there at eight, the Blackhawks are probably going to take him. Of course, unless something happens between now and then, uh, I think that if Kachuk is there at eight, which to me is still very unlikely. But the Hawks want him. If he's there, they're going to take him. Uh, Think of him as a more skilled uh, and more physical and just better overall, Andrew Shaw. Uh, Kachuk could be, and it's the son of Keith, obviously. um, He could be a star player. And then I asked about what's going on with Corey Crawford, and the response was, quote, crickets. So take that for what it's worth. Uh, There hasn't been much of an update on Crawford at all from anywhere. But then again, there hasn't really been The opportunity for an update there hasn't been a lot of media stuff going on but with uh, free agency with the draft and free agency and the Hawks convention on the horizon those questions will be answered soon so just a couple little notes I got today that are worth paying attention to
0: yeah I and I think that like you said Corey Crawford we'll probably find out more about him when Stan Bowman does his pre-draft availability in Dallas at the end of June We'll also get a chance to talk to him. I know you're probably going to go out to prospect camp at least at least once or twice in July. I'll be there as well to kind of check out some of the younger guys who could potentially make the jump up to the NHL next season. And then obviously Blackhawks can mention too. Like there will be plenty of opportunities to break all that stuff down and to discuss it with Stan Bowman. And he's obviously not gonna you know, give us all of the details. It's never been the way he's operated. But I think at this point, there's just a lot of conjecture going on. And it's still interesting to me how quiet everything has been on the Corey Crawford front throughout this entire process. It, It has absolutely fascinated me, the amount of secrecy that's kind of been around with this and the constant, oh, day to day blah 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 it's like no it's it, clearly not day to day but something else is amiss and just have no idea at this point what it really is so it, it's just that time it's that time of year man it's just that it's that kind of silly season for the teams who aren't in the playoffs anymore that they just are looking for something to latch on to and just you need to be patient man you just <laughs> just need to wait it out that's all.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, the Hawks truthfully can wait until training camp to give an honest update on Crawford. They can say all summer, like, oh, yeah, he's progressing well and he's doing great. We've seen him. He looks great, blah, blah, blah. Until they need to take the ice for games, be them preseason or regular season, they don't really have to truthfully answer that question. So I don't know. I think the draft, I think free agency might give us a little bit of a clue as to Corey Crawford's health. We know they're going to add a goalie anyway. Um, but if you see them spend some bigger money on a backup goalie, that could just maybe spark something in the back of your mind. And again, I don't know what I know about Corey Crawford, you all know. I've told you everything I know. Um, so I'm not trying to hint at anything that I know, but I think if you see them drop three, four million dollars on a air quotes backup goalie, that could mean they expect Crawford to miss some time. to me speculating, but just telling you sort of how I feel. All right. right. before we get to emails, James? We should discuss the ongoing Stanley Cup playoff, shall we?
0: (laughs) Yeah, let's talk a little bit of National Hockey League action. And we have to start with the most obvious thing. This conference final has just been absolutely bonkers, dude. Four of the first five games have been won by road teams. You got Vegas and Winnipeg are tied at 1-1. Yeah, Tampa just came back tonight and won game three in Washington after losing the first two in Florida it, this has just been kind of an odd playoff overall and it is still odd in these conference finals and i frankly i've been enjoying the hockey it's been a lot of fun been really interesting seeing some of the guys kind of step up that have stepped up and good grief man nothing makes any sense and i'm sort of glad the blackhawks aren't involved in it because there's just a lot of lot of weirdness going on
1: yeah i i am uh i have found myself a uh full board winnipeg jets fan i don't know why i suddenly have found this affection for them um i i i said probably before the playoffs. i know i said it with david schuster on the score but i don't know if i said it on a podcast either that's a team that i felt for some time has been built for the playoffs the problem is they just hadn't made the playoffs mm-hmm. now that they're in you're seeing what the design of that team was and they are they are a playoff built team They've got size. They've got speed. They've got depth. Those are the things you need to win a cup. Now, the, my question for them is: Is Hellebuck good enough to win a Stanley Cup? But when you look around, you know Mark Andre Fleury obviously has done it before. But that was a guy for a while who was, I don't know, on the precipice of being an albatross contract and a guy you couldn't count on anymore. Um, it's just, it's you're right. It has been kind of crazy and unpredictable. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I think the Jets are going to win the Cup. I, I said whoever wins the Nashville-Winnipeg series is going to win the Stanley Cup. I stand by that. Um, you know, the Caps have come out, and they, they sort of slayed that dragon and finally got to the conference final and started off good. They got pasted tonight, but they're still in good shape, still up two games to one. Um, Tampa was down, out. Uh, came at, like I said, with a huge win tonight. Um, and then it looked like Winnipeg was going to roll over the Knights, and it, it's—I don't think that's going to happen either. So it's really hard to predict. But if I had to lay money down on it today, which will be legal soon, <laughs> um, I would put—I'd still put it on the Winnipeg Jets. I think they have the most complete team with the most uh, high-end talent of the teams that remain. Of course, Tampa Bay's got an argument there with Stamkos and uh, and all the studs they have there. But uh, I—at the end of the day, I still like Winnipeg.
0: Man, I. I, I stopped making predictions about this playoff <laughs> yeah, um, after my team ended up losing my cup fi- my cup championship team. Well, that's what happened. When you in the second a wild. round. I'm just kind of I'm riding the wave now, and I'm just kind of letting whatever's going to happen happen. And I know the NHL and NBC bigwigs are probably yanking their hair out at the idea of something like a Winnipeg-Tampa Bay Stanley Cup final, but the hockey fan in me is totally okay with that. And I frankly would be okay with any combination of teams in the Stanley Cup final. I think that a Washington-Vegas final would obviously be incredibly fascinating with the George McPhee angle and the expansion team versus the team that has always historically underachieved, but then has finally gotten an opportunity to win a Stanley Cup. I think a Winnipeg-Tampa final would be entertaining as all get-out winnipeg washington again the whole underdog thing just there's so much that could happen to keep these playoffs entertaining that i'm just i'm down with anything man anything that happens in this uh, western conference and eastern conference final and then in the stanley cup final sign me up because this playoff has been so unpredictable that it's been really entertaining
1: yeah there's really no outcome that would make me angry you know there's a story for every team that i like you know, it'd be obviously it'd be great for Alex Ovechkin to win a cup. As much as the Capitals have been the butt of many jokes, um, they've been an elite team for a long time. And I'd like to see Ovechkin, you know, put that final ch- cherry on top of his career Sunday. I, I don't know. That was a weird cliche. Ah. But you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think that that's a dude that uh, I don't want to say like Dan Marino, but that's sort of, eh, he never won a cup. Eh, he never won a Super Bowl. I don't think Ovechkin deserves to have that hanging over his head. So I'd like to see him win it. I like Tampa. I think Steve Eiserman has become maybe the best GM in the game at this point. He's done a great job getting that team ready for the playoffs, made some awesome moves at the deadline. Uh, and I like that team. I like i have always been a fan of the Lightning since they won me $900 when they won the Cup in 04. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, and, uh, you know, of course, with uh, Vegas being an expansion team winning the Cup, that would be super cool. And a huge story for the sport and a huge boost to the Vegas sports market in general. I wonder what the impact of them winning a cup in the first year would be to other sports looking to expand. Say, wow, look at how much this fan base took on the Vegas sports, right? There's the the full building every night, riled up a local crowd that's excited to be there. That's awesome. And that could really spurn things for the Vegas sports scene, too. So there's a great storyline really out of any of the four potential cup champions to me so yeah like you said bring it on I'm here for it as the kids say
0: (laughs) there is one thing I do need to mention I mean we have been talking about kind of revisionist history and you know what if the Hawks had done this or done that there were a lot of pieces and a lot of talk recently with Michael Kempney and how the Blackhawks made a mistake in dumping him and how it just proves that Joel Quindle and Stan Bowman can't identify cost controllable uh pieces and defensemen and they're like oh they gave him up to washington and that there was a dumb idea blah 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 how do you feel about all of that like to me i honestly don't really get why there's all the revisionist history with michael kempney he was okay he was decent i felt like he could have gotten more of a shot but it's not like he's some like difference making guy that they were oh so stupid to trade away like he just he didn't fit what Joel Quinbill wanted to do, clearly. And if you're keeping Joel and you're keeping Stan, which obviously they are, there was no reason to hold on to him. So I'm not gonna get into that revisionist history thing with him. And I was kind of curious to see what your viewpoint was on it reading all of that over the last week or so.
1: Well, I agree with you. And I I think the thing and I tweeted out Michael Kempney's in the Eastern Conference final And a lot of people took that as a shot at the Hawks, and it wasn't. I was just sort of pointing out, like, look at this guy who is sort of an also-ran, has played some big minutes for the the Caps here. Uh, Look, you you said it correctly. You can't look at trades like it's a PlayStation, right? Like, this guy is better than this guy, or this guy is better than nothing, so therefore it was a bad move. No. Quenville didn't like the guy. He wasn't going to play. He wasn't a fit for his system. So to get a third-round pick for him made sense. I think all of us said that at the time. It's the same thing with the sodden and Panarin trade. Of course, looking back on it this year, you're like, well, the Hawks got hosed in that trade. Well, not really, because guess what? Panarin still needs a new contract. Sod is still still si- signed for less money, longer term. Those things matter. Those factors make a difference. You can't just look at things like on paper all the time. So yes, Michael Kempney, maybe he was misused here. Maybe he was underutilized. Maybe Joel Quinville didn't trust him enough but that's the reality the reality is that that was his future here and they needed to get move him they didn't need to move him but they moved him and got a valuable pick for him so so be it right Michael Kepney is not going to be the reason the Hawks win or don't win a Stanley Cup next year or the year after I promise you that
0: yep and speaking of which the Blackhawks do have two first round draft picks thank you Nashville Predators the Hawks will be picking 8th and 27th in the upcoming NHL draft. So Stan Bowman is getting some uh, lottery tickets for the uh, drawing, so to speak. So it'll be really interesting to see what ends up happening with those picks that he's making these moves. And, you know, obviously the offseason is just going to be really fascinating to see how deep they really are going to go.
1: Oh, we got a breaking trade from hockey buzz from hockey dot com uh hockey james neveau reports that the blackhawks will trade their two number one picks and patrick kane to buffalo for the number one overall pick j7 j7 that's the level of trust we have in this rumor j7 no,
0: all right now, now that, that you're true. <laughs> now that you're done being sarcastic would you do that trade if you were the blackhawks
1: kane and your two first round picks for the number one overall no no i would consider the two number one picks or maybe Kane.
0: What about the two number one picks and get?
1: <sighs> no, I don't think so. I, I I think you have to. You need depth in the organization. You need guys that can play. Theoretically, with number one picks, you you ha- with first round picks rather, you have guys that will play and be part of your organization for you know the next five to ten years. I'd rather have three of those with Brinkett and whatever two guys they picked this year than Daleen. Daleen's going to be great. There's no doubt about it. People are comparing him to Eric Carlson. But I don't know if signing Eric Carlson right now and trading Alex Brinkett makes the Hawks that much better, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. Obviously, Carlson's a better player than Brinkett. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that does adding one guy – That's elite, is that better than adding three guys that are really good or pretty good? And I think one thing we've seen in these playoffs specifically, I'm gonna write about this for 670thescore.com in the coming days, it is the importance of depth. You have to have four lines that can play. You've got to have, you know, six defensemen that can make a difference. And that is the difference between the Stanley Cup Blackhawks and these Blackhawks, is they don't have those four lines that they can roll and trust like they did back then and those are the sort of things that Stanley Cups are one with and while it'd be great to have that that stud talent and Rasmus Dahlin on the blue line for the next 15 years at the same time you can't do it with one man it just can't be done so um I would not make that trade no I would not
0: okay I'm good with that
1: you want to do some emails yes let's do it
0: Email the guys at madhousepod at gmail.com or follow them on Twitter at madhousepod.
1: The email segment is brought to you by our friends at Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com for menus, for location details, all those great things. Chuck's is uh, one of the best restaurants on the south side. Uh, Like I said, Burbank, Darien. You like barbecue, you like Mexican, you like Cajun food. Head on out to Chuck's and you will be thrilled with the food that arrives at your seat. Everything at Chuck's is amazing. There's something there for everyone. My favorite thing they serve is a Saturday special, the Cochinita Pibil. They've also got tremendous jambalaya with or without crawfish. So if you have an allergy, like my wife, you can still enjoy the jambalaya. So many great items at Chuck's. The ribs, the pulled pork, the burgers, the seafood. Everything there is outstanding for dessert. Make sure you try one of their cobblers. Absolutely amazing. A nice hot pie served in a cast iron uh, with ice cream on top. Just amazing. Everything at Chuck's, like I said, is great. They've got the biggest craft beer menu I've ever seen. So make sure you head on out to Chuck's, chuckscafe.com. You will enjoy your meal. Okay, first email of the day. Now, again, this is over a week old. comes from the Ginger Burger. It's been a long time. He says, with uh, cereal liquor Brad Marchand uh, being a complete – can I say twat? I'll say twat. It's late in the podcast. What is your all-time <laughs> D-bag team? Hmm. Hmm. All right, well, Rafi Torres has to be on there. We agree on that, I think.
0: Yes, absolutely. I think
1: Marchand has earned a role on that squad.
0: Yes, he has.
1: Um, Remember Yarko Rutu? Table uh to Tuomo's brother.
0: Would you include him over Matt Cook?
1: Mm, that's a toss-up. I just turned into Dan Jiggins for some reason. Mm. <clears throat> my Yako Rutu analysis. No, I think <laughs> I'll, I'll give it to Matt Cook. But how about uh Blackhawks assistant coach Olf Samuelson? All time oh, D bag. How about Darius Casparitus? Oh yeah. There's my two defensemen. So Samuelson, Casparitis. And I'm going to go with Dino Cicerelli, Brad Marchand, and Rafi Torres. That's about Patrick
0: Waugh? That's a good goalie. I think that's probably going to be the goalie for my all D-bag team.
1: Ron Hextall had a red ass, too.
0: Oh, yeah, he did. Holy (laughs) crap.
1: I had never seen his ass. I'm just using the term red ass. I've not actually (laughs) seen his buttocks. Not yet, anyway.
0: Uh, I'd have have to probably throw uh, Dustin Brown in there. Yeah. into a role on my team good grief tom wilson is probably some sort of honorable mention hmm i gotta think of anybody else that oh alex burrows good god oh,
1: good call that's a good call. that's a
0: guy yes <laughs>
1: that's a good call um, I,
0: I noticed a lot of forwards like i'm having trouble really thinking of a lot of defensemen who are honestly like They deserve that kind of treatment along with the forwards that we've mentioned. Well, here's one.
1: I'm going to throw one out there. And, yes, he had a tragic accident that has left him in a wheelchair. Doesn't change the fact that Vladimir Konstantinov was one of the dirtiest players ever. And it was really a matter of time until he put someone in a wheelchair. So uh, I know it's brutal. I know he went through a horrible thing. And I know it's just a game. But when that guy was a player, he was as dirty and as ugh as they came. He was awful. So that's a guy with honorable mention Uh oh, you, can't, you can't Costantino. forget Todd Bertuzzi. Yes. You know, trying I think, to kill a guy. Well, Bertuzzi had that horrible moment, and I'm not minimizing it. Yes, it was like attempted murder. But up until then, he hadn't had that reputation really at all. He was physical. He was oh, a really yeah. great power forward. But until that moment, he never really had the reputation as, like, a, a dirty player. So
0: I think I think when you go straight homicidal, you at least earn an honorable mention <laughs> on the douche nozzle
1: team. He's in the press box most nights, my friend. But, yes, he definitely I'll, I'll has a spot on the roster. Our right, next one comes from Bob Hawk. Hey, Bob Hawk. He says, <laughs> in, in listening to, he says, Jay and big guy, by the way. So, you're big guy. How does ah, that feel? nice. He says, listening to the last show, it seems like there's a general consensus that Anisimov is the guy that's going to get moved in order for some financial flexibility in order to improve the team, presumably by acquiring a top four defenseman. Even the years the Hawks won the Cup, it seems as if they struggled to find a dependable second-line center, and that role was never completely filled. Further, Big Guy had talked about moving Taves to a wing position due to diminished skills. While Anisimov has not been spectacular, it seems that he's been steadily competent in filling the role of second-line center. Is moving Anisimov a good idea? Based on discussions on the show, it seems as if it was, it is going to be difficultly finding competent defensemen to sign in a top-four role, even if you make room by clearing Anisimov, while by moving Anisimov, it seems as if you're returning to a chronic problem that's plagued the Hawks. Good email, Bob. Really good. Yeah. Um, My immediate response to that is, uh, while that's true, uh, I think the Blackhawks believe that Nick Schmaltz is ready to take on the full-time role of second-line center, and having a third center of that, more importantly, the pay scale, uh, is not really necessary on the third line again like, of course i know i'm being uh you know w- what's what i'm looking for uh i don't know i'm uh i'm i'm <laughs> it's late at night i'm contradicting myself by saying that depth wins championships but um you need to have uh they're they have needs elsewhere and with limited money they're allowed to spend they have to better utilize anisama's money in my opinion
0: yeah, I can go with that. And I think that we floated the idea of Taves moving to Wang kind of with what Claude Giroux has been able to do in Philadelphia. So it's not like that's like a dynamic, like that's absolutely something they need to do. It's something worth at least considering. And if they do, I can see the point where they wouldn't want to trade Artem and Isimov because then you're really completely destroying your center depth 100%.
1: All right. Well, that is—it's not the last email, but Kevin Peak, who emails us every show, and we appreciate Kevin's uh, continued support. He uh, asked our picks for the cup. We already did that, but he wanted to let everybody know that he is personally rooting for Alex Ovechkin to win a Stanley Cup. Can't disagree. Great player no. who needs that final. What did I say? Cherry on his career Sunday.
0: That is exactly what you said.
1: I am a big dumb idiot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I almost said you mean you're a big guy, but let's not get you, into that argument I will again. drive
1: to Bourbon a and slap you. But, <laughs> by the way, we have to get together. I still have your Girl Scout cookies, and they're yeah, just sitting there waiting to be eaten by me.
0: Oh. So let's grab a beer soon. You're me now, huh?
1: I am. Friday morning, I'm headed to Nashville. Uh, I'll be back next week. Let's find a day to get together and grab a beer, even if we don't do a podcast. How does that sound?
0: Sounds like a plan to me, brother. All
1: right, man. In the meantime, thanks to everybody for listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. As you know, we always greatly appreciate it. We are sponsored by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090. Mariska's in Crest Hill, family owned and operated since 1933, and Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com. And remember, uh, from now until the start of the season, we're having a fundraiser for my friend, Andy Garcia, who lost his wife to cancer just a few weeks ago so please head to our goFundMe page gofundme.com slash madhouse pod five dollars get you a raffle ticket and an extra raffle ticket for every other five dollars you spend so basically pledge five you get one pledge 10 you get two 15 you get three etc cetera, etc cetera. but literally anything you can give would be appreciated uh, for my friend Andy in and this horrible time for his family anyway for my producer for my partner James Navo, I'm Jay zawoski thanks for listening to the Matthouse Chicago hockey podcast
0: I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, <laughs> only from Progressive. <laughs> the owl a afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Is that Shakespeare? Nope, it's Geico. Uh, yeah, 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 that's Shakespeare from one of his unpublished works. Oh, it be not for awakening. Nay, giveth thou the berries.